Would you stand, please? As Aaron comes to read our scripture for the new year this morning. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, <clears throat> and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. This is the word of the Lord from Isaiah 41 through 8. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2022. This morning, as we begin our year together, by the time we're done, we will have talked about almost all of Isaiah chapter 40. And I want us to begin with this chapter this year as a, a launching pad into our next series where we're going to be in the New Testament talking about John the Baptist, the one who is mentioned here as the voice in the wilderness. We're going to talk about him over the next few weeks as we head towards the spring. But today, this, this scripture is not just about John the Baptist. I want us to use Isaiah 40, as I've called it, as our solid ground for a new year. That we would see within this chapter the many ways that, that it points us to what it means to trust God and to seek God with all of our hearts and all of our lives. This chapter is written at a time when the people of God in Israel were, were looking for a time of restoration. They've been going through a time of captivity and suffering and most of their problems were self-inflicted in fact most of us probably would say the same things often in our lives most of our own problems our worst situations are self-inflicted they come upon us because we don't always make the best decisions and that was the case for the people of God during this season and also as Isaiah was telling them it's going to get worse before it gets better and I know as we come into this next year, we've been feeling that for a while. We've been thinking, you know, it, it needs to get better. It can't get worse. But there's also this sense of maybe some things are still going to be a struggle before things actually clear up and get better and feel better. And if you are here today feeling the weight of that kind of struggle and feeling that kind of doubt, maybe even feeling like, the people of God felt during this time that the future still seems unclear. Today, would you trust that seeking God this year will be the solid ground that you need? And that if you keep your eyes focused on Him, if we keep our eyes focused on Him as the only one who is worthy of our worship, and as the only one about whom we can truly say He can be trusted perfectly, 
If you will keep your eyes on him, if we together will seek him, we will be standing on solid ground for whatever might come this next year. And I am choosing to believe with great optimism that this is going to be a great year. And I hope you believe that too. So here on this first Sunday in January, what does it mean to seek God as the solid ground for a new year? Well, the way Isaiah 40 begins is with this word to, to seek the God of all comfort. So that's how we're going to navigate this chapter today. Seek God, and we're going to talk about some of his different aspects that remind us why he is our solid ground as we come into a new year. And I was thinking about this idea of comfort, which led me to think about the idea of lament and what it means to, to practice lament, which is to say, when we say to God, we just need to pour out our, our suffering and our pain and our frustration and our struggles to you. We just need to feel sorry for ourselves for a minute. We just need to be able to say, God, I'm hurting and I'm sad and I'm frustrated and, and I'm bothered by some things and, and I just need to say them out loud. I just need to put them out there. Maybe even sometimes vomit them out there, God, just so that they can be said. I think if you were to ask our staff, what was the, your least favorite staff meeting that you've ever had since Eric has been here as your pastor? They would all talk about the staff meeting when I made every single person, as we went around the circle, say something that they wanted to lament about the year 2020. And, and I thought that was an important exercise. And listen, I get it. I was a staff member in two different churches for 15 years. So I know what it's like when you're a staff member and your pastor comes up with some wild idea and you just kind of have to go with it, okay? I lived that for 15 years. Now that I'm in that role, I try not to put too much on them all the time, although they might disagree with that. And this was my wild idea that day, and it just felt like it was something we needed to do. Go around the circle and everybody just say something about that awful year 2020 in so many ways that, that as a lament, either a loss that you faced, a struggle that you had, something that, that you wanted to do that year, either in your ministry or with your family that you didn't get to do, just put it out there and let's have this group exercise of lament and, and hopefully it, it'll, it'll be healthy and, and spiritually productive for us. One of our staff members who shall remain nameless was wearing a Fitbit during that time and that staff member was one of the last ones to, to get to share and and after the time was over, that, that they, they looked at the Fitbit report, and their heart rate was up for like 40 minutes. The Fitbit thought they had done really rigorous exercise because there was just anxiety leading up to that point of saying out loud whatever it was that needed to be said. But I still think it was good. It was good for me. It was good for us just to lament, to, to tell God, I'm, I'm hurting, I'm struggling. I wish this thing hadn't happened. I wish I hadn't have had to walk through this time in my life the way that it's been. But when we seek the God of all comfort, as God's speaking to Isaiah and through Isaiah in a very dark season for the nation of Israel, the first words of the chapter are words of comfort. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, even though her problems are self-inflicted. Speak tenderly to her. Proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. But this is even more hopeful than that. That her sin has been paid for. 
that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. These are commands that God gives to Isaiah. Tell them this. Speak to them this way. Make it clear. The people, Isaiah, they need you to be my voice now more than ever. And I want you to tell them that these things about me are true. And, and as we go through this chapter, I'm going to tag in some other verses that, that, that back up these opening words, the, the very first things that God says through Isaiah. Isaiah 40, 11, again in this chapter, adds to this idea of the God of all comfort. Isaiah, tell them this about me. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. This morning, I hope it's a comfort to you that the God of all comfort loves you. That even when you're struggling, you're suffering, he's the kind of loving God who holds his people close to his heart. He carries us when we need to be carried. He leads us gently, not just us, but our families too. And in those dark valleys and difficult times, he is that comfort for us and his love will carry us through. How do I know that? Well, I know it not only because I've experienced it in my life, but I know it because what I believe about Jesus. That God has demonstrated just how much he loves us, most clearly through who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. I love this quote from Tim Keller. The founders of every major religion said, I'll show you how to find God. But Jesus said, I am God who has come to find you. That's how much God loves us. The God of all comfort has sought us out and he says to us, seek me and you will find me. How do I know that God loves you? How do I know that he is the God of all comfort? Well, it's, it's because of Jesus. And even better than this quote from Keller is the New Testament reading that you had already this morning. What Paul said in Colossians, which sounds so much like Isaiah 40. When you were dead in your sins, and in the uncircumcision, the unholiness of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ, and he forgave us all of our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it all away and nailed it to the cross. It's powerful stuff. This morning, we, we started our time of worship with a baptism, our first Sunday of the year. We see somebody proclaiming, Jesus is Lord. I, I've believed this message that, that my sin has been nailed to the cross, that I am alive in Christ, and he has forgiven me of all my sins. Can I just tell you this morning, church family, my prayer for this year is that we're going to see perhaps even every Sunday those waters of baptism stirred. We're going to see more people who are going to say, yes, I have believed this. I know it's true. I have experienced that forgiveness, and I'm not ashamed for others to know the work that Christ has done in my life. Just by way of update here on the beginning of the, the first Sunday of the year, so the, the highest number that this church has ever baptized is 62 in a year. 
two different times in now almost 43 years of history. We've baptized 62 people. Would you believe in 2021 we baptized 61? Uh, we were that close in a year when on many Sundays we were still battling quarantines and battling COVID. And let me tell you part of the story behind that. It's not about hitting a number, though I certainly pray that we will exceed that number this year. But, but the story behind it is back, back during especially the, the, the COVID period of 2020, when we felt like there was little that we could do as a church except really pray, our deacons and our staff, we really began committing ourselves to praying even more fervently than we had in the past, that the Lord would not just bring us wonderful new church members, but he would bring us new believers, and that we would have the opportunity to see those new believers baptized. And our deacons and our staff, we have made that a commitment, and we talk about it regularly. We talk about it in every one of our deacons' meetings, that we continue to pray that the Lord would move and call new people to faith and to following him closely. And so we've seen it. And God has been answering those prayers, and, and we saw incredible movements of the Spirit last year among our children, among our teenagers. But we saw entire families in this baptistry, husbands and wives and, children's in, and children in there together. It's been incredible. And I'm going to ask you, join me this year, that we pray that God will continue to move even more so in our community and in the lives of others, that they would seek the God of all comfort, that they would know that they are loved and in Christ they are forgiven. And that they would say with their, their full heart and their full life, Jesus is Lord. Seek the God of all comfort. And then the next part of Isaiah 40 reminds us to seek the God who always, always fulfills his promises. This is that reference to John the Baptist. It's a fulfillment of of the prophecy that we saw back during Advent when, when the angel spoke to Zechariah and Elizabeth about who their son would be. But this is far more about God than it is John the Baptist. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare.